Thank you for joining us in this Sunday's broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. I just believe that you are as excited as what I am about the service. I believe God just going to touch your heart, renew your mind into the message of God's grace again so that we can just be established and be presented as perfect before the cross of Jesus Christ and before the throne because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Man, God is good. He loves you. He cares for you. Just settle down, relax, open your heart and your spirit to the message of God's grace. There's one thing that you can know for sure. Today you're going to be touched by the message of grace. There's nothing else going to be ministered to you. There's no hidden agenda of trying to force you to do anything. It is all about His grace, what He's done for you, and you will find that your life gets impacted to the point that you, you just see an outflow in your life of the goodness of God. Now, we're just going to talk a little bit about finances, and, um, and we're going to pray for people about uh, their financial situation and stability in finances and whatever your desire is when it comes to finances, we're going to pray about that. And I'm just going to share for five minutes on this from two aspects, two types of grace when it comes to money, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. You know, every person needs to be stable in his mind when it comes to finances. And so many times, uh, preachers are really scrutinized because of their teachings on finances because they talk about money. But face it, the greatest need in the world today is finances. Let's not be, uh, um, let's not talk about salvation. Let's talk about physical things. It's not healing for the physical body. It's not emotional healing. It is finances. People, everybody needs more money. <clears throat> so, that can be cured. There's a cure for that. And we need to get our minds into the message of grace. We need to get our minds into what God has done for us financially. With us moving down to um, Cape Town, I mean, there's so many expenses. And if you sit with fear in your heart, you will say, I'll, I'll never get this paid. But I thank God that He's provided for us already upon the cross and in all other ways for that. And that there can be peace in one's heart because you meditate upon the message of grace. The moment you um, can come to a place where you can trust God, for who He is, because you know who He is, you will find such a peace in your heart um, when it comes to finances. You will just say, thank you, my God, that you are a God that has provided for us. And you will not even worry about that finances. You will find a peace that's just supernatural coming into your heart. So open your heart for the message of God's grace when it comes to, uh, to money. Let's read Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. Moreover, brethren, um, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches in Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberty. For to their power I bear record, yes, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Now, this is the first type of grace, or the grace that there is towards giving. Here was a church in, uh, I mean, it was in Macedonia. Paul wrote about them to the church in Corinth, and he said, look at the grace of God that was upon them. When the grace of God came upon them, they were willing to give even beyond their human ability. Now, to me, um, I don't want to, well, I don't want to use this to prompt you to give. I want to use this to tell you the peace of God that can come into the heart of a person 
once he gets under the message of grace and the influence of the Holy Spirit when it comes to finances. These people did not have a lot of money. The Bible says here um, that they had great poverty or deep poverty. So out of their deep poverty, they were willing to give and even beyond their ability. And when the apostles said, no man, we cannot take this, this is just way too much for you, they begged them. The Bible says here, praying with us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So these people had such a peace and such a desire to walk in who God made them to be and who they really are, that they could give above what was humanly possible. And that's what, what, that's what Paul said. That was his, um, his conclusion about this, that the grace of God made them to do this. Now, people will not give if they feel we cannot give. And this is what Paul says here in uh, 2 Corinthians 8. He says, uh, a bit further on, he says, we will receive the gift as long as what it's willing. So these people gave with a willing heart, not from a law perspective, because Paul is not willing to take any money from anybody if it didn't come from a willing heart. So these people didn't give from a law foundation, and we also said this in, uh, last Sunday, that um, you cannot give on the basis of sowing and reaping, thinking that you're going to give according to principles, then God's going to bless you, because that's giving according to the flesh, which is giving according to the law, and that just brings more poverty, and not just poverty, it brings a wrong understanding of who God is, and that's what we're going to talk about today, when it comes to the love of God. We should have a correct understanding of who God is, otherwise we will not trust Him, we will not feel loved, we will not feel that He approves of us and then we will start to do things for approval and that's the most dangerous place any person can be in. Now, when it comes to finances, when you're under the message of God's grace, you can be set free to the point that you can peacefully give even above what you've got. Man, above the, the measure that people... People will say, these guys really give. So... Get into the message of grace. If you're a giver and you're a fearful giver or you are scared to give, the message of God's grace can produce so much peace in your heart that you will be able to give, doesn't matter what, because of His influence upon your heart. Now, I don't say that to manipulate you to give towards, um, towards this ministry. That is not the vision. I'm just teaching you the fruit of being in the message of grace when it comes to money. Then we go to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9. Now this is the grace for receiving. That was the grace of God that came upon people in order to give. Here's the grace for receiving. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, so that you through His poverty might be made rich. And herein I give my advice. For it's expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also um, to be forward a year ago. Now, what Paul was saying to the people in Corinth was actually very simple to understand. They made a promise that they would give money to poor churches a year ago. Then Paul came to them and he said, Listen, I see the grace of God in your life. You know the grace of God, that he was rich, he became poor, so due to his poverty might be made rich. And the people in Corinth was um, above average. They were a rich church. It was rich people. And we can see that out of the other writings of Paul in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, where 
uh, preachers actually came to them and abused them and misused them for their finan- for finances. And Paul worked with his hands because he didn't want to offend them um, by asking money from them. Although it wouldn't have been wrong for him to say, listen, I'm an apostle, I've ministered to you, and it's just right that I live uh, off the gospel of people that give generously out of the generosity of their hearts. So Paul was not actually even talking about taking money for his own ministry. There's no place in the Bible where you will find where Paul ever asked for money for his ministry or one of the apostles. It's nowhere uh, that was, it, it wasn't recorded. So the context from where I explain this is for you to know that there is a grace upon you that will enrich you because of the unconditional love of God. Because of what He's done upon the cross for you. So whenever you give, if you give to the web church, you give from a foundation of grace. You give because the grace of God works in your heart, because the abundance of God works in your heart, and therefore you give as a member of um, the web church. And I just want to say this, if you're watching the web church and you have not... Um, applied uh, for membership and you want to apply for membership just go to web church send us an email we will send you the correct forms to fill in and everything that needs to be done needed, needs to be done in order to become a member of the church we want your name your um, I mean your birth date when, when's your birthday we would like to correspond with you send some stuff to you if you've got children and you want to include them in the web church, you are more than welcome. They can watch this with you. You can discuss it afterwards. They can become part of the cell structure. Now, I do believe that the whole structure of the web church will be finished early next year. Uh, we're still busy with that and designing all of that. So, um, just be a little bit patient with that. In the meanwhile, you can watch these messages on Sundays. And we also put in the archive. If you cannot watch it on Sunday, under web church, you'll find a button that says Sunday messages. That's where you can find everything archived. Amen, man. God is so good. Now, let me just pray for you. I believe that you can be completely set free from all types of fear when it comes to finances because the grace of God gives us such a freedom and such a liberty when it comes to money that we can really have peace in times of trouble. And that's what... uh, Paul also wrote, that's what Peter wrote, he said, even in the time of affliction, in the time of persecution, we still rejoice. Because of the confidence that we have in our hearts, that what we believe will happen, because we trust in the integrity and uh, the veracity, the friendship that we have with God. Because we just know that we know that we know He's a good God that does whatever He says. Now, um, just before I pray, I want you to know this. If you've got a wrong understanding of who God is, if you listen to teaching that is not faith, uh, faith or character promoting messages, uh, messages that pr- promotes the integrity of God, you will struggle to believe when you get into a situation where it's a little bit difficult. God loves you and He cares for you and the more you put your mind in the message of His love and His care for you outside of your works, Remember, the Bible says that we see, and he explains that also in Galatians, he says we can clearly see that we are justified free from the works of the law. Now, the works of the law are righteous and good works, but we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ free from the works of the law. So, you don't have to do the works of the law in order to stand justified before God. 
That's what that scripture says. Even if you don't do the works of the law, and you believe on Jesus, you can stand just before God, holy before God. But with an unrenewed mind, you might still have the fruit of the flesh. You might have sin in your life because your mind's not renewed into the new man that you already are because you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. So, know this in your heart. God loves you. You stand before Him as a, as a child. If you're born again, holy, righteous, you are clean. It's activated the moment you believe that grace of God started to work in your heart. You are righteous. You qualify for every blessing just in the same way that Jesus Christ qualifies. Just think of Jesus. Identify with Jesus. Does He qualify for whatsoever He asks of the Father? Oh yes. He qualifies because He's done everything right because He is the Son of God. Now you are also a Son of God if you are a believer. And we're going to talk about that today. Know that you are a child of God, you're a Son of God, you qualify already. Amen. Now, whatsoever need you have, just in your, I want you to close your eyes, put it before God, and just say, Father, these are the needs that I have, but I want to confess that the Lord is my shepherd. I have no needs, for this has been met in Jesus Christ. The answer is already yes, the need is met already. I want you to do that right now. Close your eyes, say, Father, I've got this need, but it's already met, for you are my shepherd. You lead me beside the still waters. There where there's beautiful, beautiful pasture, there you lead me, for you love me. Oh, hallelujah. And when you say that, there's a peace that comes into your heart. As you, as you just think of the shepherd, you think of the of, of, of the streams where there's just still waters where you can drink without a fast flowing stream uh, um, if you would fall in and drown anything like that you can just have peace know that God is your provider now that peace is what God gives you as a gift today righteousness is a gift He gives it to you you qualify Father I pray for every person that watches me right now over the web I speak your healing power over their finances right now. You heal their financial situation and those who are blessed and are prosperous, I thank that you have given them wisdom and by that wisdom they'll manage that finances. And I speak over every person when it comes to finances an enlightened mind that they might see your grace when it comes to finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Now when we give our finances, we give, when we give our money, we give out of a generous heart because we say this message, we want that to be preached all over the world or this person, I want to help him. Um, but I believe the Bible says first help the household of faith. So the first thing you do is you give out of a generous heart, not under compulsion. If we must ever know that you give towards this ministry under compulsion, we ask you right now to stop and I will even give you a call personally to tell you you can rather stop but don't give under compulsion, but out of the message of grace and the fruit of grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, I just want to say this. We're getting a very good response on the website. This week we've had over a thousand people visit our website. It's awesome to know that God just sends people to come 
and visit on that site and get the message of grace. I want to encourage you, if you know somebody that needs this message of grace, it's nothing for you to just send an email. You know, I don't get my identity out of how many people visit the site. I find my identity in Jesus Christ and what He's done for me. So I don't say this to say, listen, you know, the site's growing, that means I'm more of a man of God. I already know that I'm a man of God and I know that you're a man and a woman of God as well. So use that love that God has already shared abroad in your heart, the judgment that you have that the sins of the world has been paid already and just send the link of um, either the archive or a message that you know. Just go onto that message, copy uh, the, the link in, in the top part of your page into the email and just send it to a friend and he can watch that. His life can be impacted by that. And this is awesome. And what's so nice, if you miss the Sunday, you can also get, um, get it in the archive and watch it there. There's no law that says you must watch it the Sunday. Although I think it's good for you, um, just for the sense of belonging, to watch this on a Sunday. Uh, I know it's difficult for some people in the west coast of America and Canada. This is 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. You know, that's why we've also got the 5 o'clock that you can watch that one as well. So, man, just open your heart. This web church is just a blessing. It will bless you. You will just see that it brings a stability to your heart as you meditate upon the message of grace. This church is not going to change you. The message of grace is what's going to change you. This web church and the whole website and everything is just a structure and a channel through which we bring the message of grace to you so that you can get into it, meditate upon it and see how it changes your life. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and let's go there quickly, in Romans chapter 12. And verse 2, it says, um, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this is awesome. The Bible says here that when we get saved, and this is how I want to explain this to you, when you get saved, you are already the righteousness of God. You are holy, everything that has already been given to you, but the manifestation of the blessing of God that He has already deposited into you um, flows out of you to the measure that your mind is renewed to what you already are and what you already have. Because as you renew your mind through the Word of God, you will find faith coming into your heart. And as you believe this, as a man thinketh in his heart or believes in his heart, so is he, so you will find the manifestation of that in your life. Hallelujah. And that's why we have the web church. That's why we have the website. That's why we put everything up for a donation of any amount. And if you cannot donate, you can download it for free, watch it for free. The reason why we do that is because as you get that message, you will find it renews your way of thinking. And this might sound very vain, but what I do is I will listen to good news preachers, including myself. There's a time where I will just listen to one of my own messages. Because I know it is the message of grace is what I need right now to keep my mind in its renewed state. There's something that happens in this world and I want you to know that. Is that your mind can be renewed daily in, into any direction, be it positive or negative. You can listen to the news and if you are not conscious and listen to the news from the perspective of God's grace, 
you might renew your mind into something very negative and start to experience the fruit of that in your life. It's really like that. That's why the Bible says meditate on whatsoever is good. Because the more you meditate on what is good, the more you find a change in your life. Now, God doesn't go around and say, well, you haven't meditated on what is good. That is now a negative mark next to your name. And one day you're going to give account to that before the judgment throne of God. That's not why God says that. In the New Testament, the reason why God says things is not to uh, keep you free from punishment one day. Because once you are saved, you are saved. Hallelujah. The only thing that can get you out of salvation is if you reject the message of grace. If you reject the message that says, by Jesus Christ I'm saved. Now there are people that reject the message of grace in certain areas of their life. um, But they don't reject the message of grace when it comes to salvation and going to heaven. They just take a part of that salvation. The Bible says they will be saved, but as through fire. That means... They will be saved as through the goodness of God, but whatsoever they ministered, whatsoever they preached, whatsoever they conveyed to other people, that will not stand before God and that will be seen as useless because it was not the message of grace. So, don't let this bring fear into your heart to say, well, maybe I'm not saved. Dynamic Web Church and the vision that I have is to bring you an assurance of salvation if you've accepted Jesus Christ. Not to bring a question mark over your salvation and fear in the day of judgment. Hallelujah. Now, we can renew our minds daily into the message of grace. It's an easy thing to do. Hallelujah. It's easy. Uh, there's, there's a guy that I watch on television, Andrew Womack. And if you want to watch him, you are welcome. He's on most television stations. Go onto the website. Just type in Andrew Womack. Um, he's got a very good message of grace. And right now, he's busy with a series on grace, the book of Romans. Now, um, I will watch that every day. And that just brings that renewal of my mind. Because I've studied the scripture, I read it for myself, then I see somebody else saying exactly the same thing without without us even talking to each other. And then I say, my God, that is confirmation. That is the truth. That's exactly how I see that scripture. That's how God showed that scripture to me. And that just edifies me. So do that. If you don't want to watch Andrew Womack and you want to watch Bertie Brits, it's wonderful. Go onto the website and whatever you want to hear there, it's only half an hour sessions. Just listen to it, have your mind renewed. Amen. Right. Um, we are talking about the love of God. Oh, where were we? In Romans. Romans chapter 5. Man, you know, and as I studied this part in Romans and even as I ministered it, it was such a refreshing message to me to just separate the love of God from God just feeling good to you but He'll act towards you in all types of ways that is mysterious and that you don't know how He's ever going to act towards you and that there's no stability in His actions towards you. So many people today will say one thing but when it comes to the character of God they will believe a different thing. They will say God is love. But they'll also say things about the character of God and what He will do to you to get purity in your heart and holiness in your heart that is completely, uh, uh, it contradicts the character of love. If you love somebody, you will not make him sick to teach him. If you love somebody, you're not going to put him under 20 sets of rules and regulations and if he doesn't qualify, you're going to be harsh with him and not bless him. 
You know, I always take this picture, and I know it's not a perfect picture, because there's no perfect father in this world. But um, it just gives you an indication of how good God is. I will never tell my son that he cannot eat food uh, at the main meal because he's been disobedient during the day. Never. Food, housing, clothing, schools, all the, everything that he needs, I provide as a father that loves him. That's it. And he doesn't have to fear if he's not going to be obedient about certain things. Now, I do believe there's a place for discipline uh, with children, but the, the way God disciplines us in the New Testament is through words, through speaking to us. That's how He disciplines us. And you might say, no, but if God might discipline us in a different way, and the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, and you can go and read in the book of Hebrews, I think it's chapter 10, where God speaks about the correction of children, and where the correction is not nice, but it's harsh, and it's not enjoyable, um, and all of that. Now, God says some things there about correction. This is the way God corrects us. God corrects us by speaking to us. Now, when the book of Hebrews was written, the writer of the book of Hebrews, let's say it was Paul, he wrote to them and he said, listen, I want to correct you. You've done this and you've done this and you've preached the law like this and everything and you've even crucified the Savior. You are wrong. If you repent and know that the law is not there for justification anymore and leave the whole law, leave that whole temple thing, you don't even visit the temple anymore, just leave it. And, and go and believe on Jesus Christ, you know what? It will bring such, it would be a harsh word, it would be painful. But out of that we cannot make conclusions that says that God brought sickness over them and hard times over them in order to correct them. If you read the book of Romans, how did God correct the Romans? How did He, um, I don't want to say punish, but I mean, how did he correct the Romans? The way he corrected the Romans was through words. He corrected them through the writer Paul, and he, the Apostle Paul, and he wrote to them a letter where he corrected them. If you do something wrong, and I, man, if I write you a letter and I say, <clears throat> I think you don't treat your children right, and this is the right way to, to treat children, if you read that letter, it will be painful to you especially if you're a father that loves your children and wants to treat them in a good way, in a good manner. It will be painful. Now, that is the pain that there is when it comes to correction and chastisement, as the um, King James said. You know that word chastisement actually means to teach. To teach, like training a child through words, taking him by the hand, correcting him through words. That's how God teaches us. By correcting us through words. It's not nice for me if somebody would come to me and write me a letter and say to me, Bertie, you know, you've been preaching a false doctrine. Um, and if I study the word and I do, I see that it was false, it would be a painful thing to me. Because I am genuine in my heart and I want to bring the right message and I'm zealous about the kingdom of God. When Paul wrote to the Hebrew people, he wrote to people that were so zealous about God that they were willing to kill people for what they believe. They were zealous, but not according to knowledge. So here's somebody that is zealous in what he does. He's very, very excited about it. He's doing it with all his life. He's making, he goes over land and sea to make one disciple. 
Now, I wonder how many people today will travel over land and sea to make one disciple. Those people of the Old Covenant, those Pharisees, they traveled over land and sea to make one disciple, but then, and this is a problem, they made that disciple twice as much a son of hell as what they were themselves. And that's not the nice part. If you are so zealous about something and somebody tells you in the name of God that you are busy with the work of Satan or the enemy or the one that you are against, Man, it's not nice. Whenever, when Jesus corrected the Pharisees, and He said to them, the prostitutes will enter the kingdom of God before you. Do you think that's nice? That's not nice. That is harsh correction. So, whenever you uh, uh, get to the kingdom of God and the message of God's grace and God's love and you feel corrected, man, you might feel this is not that nice to me. But open your heart to the heart behind it, which is the love of God. And the reason why I say all of this is because there are so many uh, ways of thinking when it comes to God and correction and His attributes and His character that we say things about God that's not in line with His heart of love. Now God showed His love. Hallelujah. And we know how He uh, portrayed His love and we read that in Romans 5 and I just want to recap in three minutes what we said in the previous two Sundays. We said that we have got boldness before God because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And then we said that the love of God has been specified, it has been portrayed. We don't have to think that the love of God is just an emotion that God had long ago and then He gave His Son, but now He feels a bit different towards us. You know, the other day I listened to a a session on television I don't know if I said if it was this week. I think it was this week. I listened to a session on television where they had a lot of a, a panel of pastors, and they talked about um, you could phone in. It was live. You could phone and ask any question. And there were people that asked questions about sin and about righteousness and about holiness and all of that. And at the end of that, I just thank God that I that I would appear in front of His judgment seat one day and not theirs. Because there was no mercy. There's no grace. It's just right or wrong. And if you're wrong, you are judged. And um, the character of who God is, is not portrayed as a God of mercy, grace and love, which makes God holy. Remember, the message of God's mercy is what makes God holy. The word holy means to stand separate or apart from the rest. Now, all the other gods, not that there are any other gods, but let's talk this way, all of the other faiths and other gods, the God they serve is not a, a, a generous, loving God. It's a God that will judge you harshly according to your works and that will deal with you 100% according to what you put in, according to your, your heart of repentance, according to your right confession, according to your holy living, according to all of that. But Jesus Christ doesn't work like that. It's different with Him. He is merciful while you were a sinner. Now that message of mercy is what puts Jesus and God the Father separate from all the other beliefs and that is called holiness. He is holy. Hallelujah. So let's not take away from the message of holiness, the message of God's love for us because the message of mercy is the message of holiness. Now what we said is that the more 
the message of God's love is shed abroad in our hearts, the more confidence we have that whatsoever we trust God to manifest, that confident expectation of hope, it will happen because of the love of God that's shed abroad in our belief system. Now the word heart, and we also discussed this, is not um, a physical pump. It is a belief system in the life of a believer. Hallelujah. Your belief system, the system from where you get your thoughts, the, the reason why you reason in a certain way about certain things is born out of what you believe about that. The way the Americans reason about the, uh, the old apartheid that, that there was in South Africa is completely different to most of the people's way of reasoning that live here. Because they believe, dif- they believe differently. If it comes to homosexuality and gays, <coughs> the people reason differently because they believe differently. But if we can believe what God believes, which is the message of God's unconditional love, we will start to think in a different way. We will start to um, act in a different way and we will have peace in our hearts that just surpasses all understanding. And that's why it's so important to have the love of God shed abroad in our heart. And then we define the love of God. the love, And, that, and I want to read that. This is the love of God. Uh, verse 7. Um, Let's read from verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For, and now this is the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts. For, when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commanded His love towards us, in that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now let's go to verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Man, that is the center of the gospel. Verse 19. I believe the whole gospel pivots around that. That God loved us and that through the sin of one man the sin of one, the disobedience of one, all of us became sinners. And that now, that God is a just God, and through the obedience of one, all become righteous. Man, isn't that awesome? Through the obedience of one, all became righteous. Whosoever believed that, receives that righteousness, and he is changed and transformed into that righteousness, so that you are saved by grace, Through faith. Hallelujah. And it's easy to have faith. Faith is a gift as righteousness is a gift. It's given unto you as you hear the word of God. Amen. So never say that you cannot have faith. God has given you faith. You know, as I just say this, I I also want to just add this. It's just a bit off the point. But the vision I have with this dynamic um, web church is to see people stable in the grace of God. People having dignity and worth in the cross and in the resurrection of Christ. And from that platform, they live a victorious life, ministering and preaching the gospel of Jesus. Amen. That is what God has given to you. That is what He provides for you. Hallelujah. He gives that to you. And that is a gift from God to you. Righteousness is a gift. If you're not willing to receive it as a gift, 
if you're not willing to receive your righteousness as um, or based on the obedience of Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Because there's no other righteousness that is righteous enough for you to be saved. You must know that. If you're not going to receive your financial prosperity based on the gift of grace, you're going to have finances worth worries. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow unto that. But the blessing of the Lord can also make you rich, but it adds a lot of sorrow with it and worries and works and it brings you to a place where you will never know if you are truly saved and truly qualified before God. When you are alone at night, close your eyes, think of God, and think and feel what's in the depth of your belief system if you've got fear when it comes to God and appearing before Him. If you think that God would, if you feel that God would accuse you of anything, my friend, you're in need of the message of God's grace and the truth of the gospel because you're living in a lie. God loves you. I don't say this in a condemning way. I, say, I just say this to bring forth the truth. And I speak it in love. I speak the truth in love. My, my heart is love for you. And I want you to be stable in the message of God's grace. That's the vision. To see people stable. The vision is not to see how a big church we can grow. Although I know it will grow. Although I know it will become big. But that's not the vision. The vision is to see people built and established in the message of grace. The vision is to build people. Not a ministry. Hallelujah. Right. So, we are seeing in Romans chapter 5 that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. That's what gives us that confidence that we are the blessed. That's what gives us joy even when we go through hard times because of the love of God which is the message of the cross which is the message of one brought sin into the world and one made us righteous by His obedience. Now, if you cannot be rooted into that message, I've got bad news for you. You will find no stability in your life. You will be um, just tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Because the next guy comes around with a nice thing to do that sounds so good, it's a new revelation. You're going to start to do that until you find out after five years it doesn't work and then you run with another man's vision of what you must do again in order to get God to approve of you and bless you. And one day you will find that you are 85 years of age, if you even get to that age, and you will find nothing worked and you still feel that frustration in your heart. The rich young ruler came to Jesus. He said to Jesus, What should I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said to him, What does the law say? Because his question was law-based. He wanted to know what he must do in order to inherit. Because in inheritance, you can't do anything to inherit you must be of a certain family to inherit in the kingdom of God. You must be born of God to inherit the kingdom of God. So he asked him, uh, he said, what must I do? What deeds, what good deeds must I do? Jesus said, what does the law say? And he quoted the law. He said, well, just do those and you will live. And he said, but I've done it all. Now listen to this. I have done it all. What do I still lack? And that's the problem when you've got a law mentality. You can do everything you need to do and it will still not work. You will still need something. Let me repeat that. If you have prayed the amount that you think you need to pray, if you have fasted the amount that you need to fast, if you 
haven't gossiped for a time that you think you should not gossip in order for God to bless you. If you have been meditating on good things long enough, as long as what you think you must meditate on good things, if you've done good to the poor as much as what you think you must do good to the poor, if you have gone to church as much as what you think you must go to church, and you do that on the basis of, I must do these things, and then I know God's going to bless me, when you've done everything on your list, you will feel as bad as what you felt before you started. You can see that in the life of the rich young ruler. It's just the way it is. Because there's no satisfaction in the law. There's no satisfaction in, by what I do, I will become. And the problem today is many people are caught up in that trap. Don't be caught up in that. Get into the message of grace. Get into the message of God's unconditional love. Don't read the Bible to see what you must do for God. Right, I want us to go to 1 John chapter 3. We're just talking about God's love. And and we're defining love as the work of Jesus upon the cross on your behalf to make you righteous by His obedience. That's the love of God. Man, in any teaching that does not correspond with that is not born out of God. And it will not make you feel loved, it will not give you dignity, and it will not give you worth. Every person, and this is very important for you to know and understand, every person functions from a basis of acceptance. You either do what you do because you feel accepted, or you do what you do because you want to be accepted. You can just call that love as well. Every person functions from love. You do what you do because you feel loved or you do what you do because you want to be loved. So God loves us already so we can function from the basis of the strength of knowing that we are already loved of God because He says, herein is my love that He gave His Son so that we will not live through the law, but that we will live through His Son. And we will still get into that scripture, maybe not this week, maybe next week. The love of God is showed towards us in that He gave His Son. So if somebody comes, or you you read the Bible, and a message is preached and told that you are blessed outside of the cross, like for instance in finances. If a message comes that says, by the cross you are blessed in every area, but by but when it comes to finances, you are blessed by tithing and sowing and reaping and working principles and laws. And if you don't work the law, you're under the curse. That means you're under the law again. And that also means that it's not included in the love of God. It means you will not experience love when it comes to finances. And if you don't experience love, you will do anything in order to be loved when it comes to that area. And if you, if you don't feel loved, you will feel rejected when it comes to that, and you will have peace and all the attributes of the Spirit, which is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, just soundness of mind when it comes to money. You will not be able to think soberly when it comes to finances, because you will not feel loved in that area. Hallelujah. If there's a teaching that comes your way that says, if you don't submit to your pastor, then God cannot bless you. Listen, <laughs> it's not part of the love of God. The Bible says that God showed His love to rebels, man. That's it. Now, you might make the life of the pastor a a living hell by just opposing him and by just standing against him and judging him for everything he says. 
Listen, if you don't like the church where you are, leave. It's as simple as that. Don't fight, leave. Know that you are justified by God, you are blessed by the cross of Jesus Christ, and don't break the place where you are. Rather find a church where you hear the message of grace or what you believe in, and go there and live in peace. But if it's not the message of grace, you will not live in peace, I tell you. There will be no end to your frustration. But God gives you life. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Now know this, and I want to repeat myself when it comes to that. You function from the platform of love or acceptance. If you don't experience acceptance um, in the message of the gospel, you will do anything to be accepted. That's called works orientation. That's called works righteousness. That will kill you. Hallelujah. But the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the message of what Christ has done for us upon the cross. So let's take the cross and if you want to see the love of God in every area of your life, take the cross, take what is done for you, take that scripture that says through the disobedience of one all became sinners, but through the obedience of one many became righteous that believe. So if you can take that scripture and apply that to every area of your life, you will feel loved in every area. And we can go to 1 John, we're going to get to John chapter 3 now. 1 John chapter 4. I think it's verse 18. And you can clearly stand before God like this. It says, there, Therefore, uh, there is no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. He that has fear has not become perfect in the love of God. Man, and the context here is judgment before God, standing before God and the judgment seat of God. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we might have boldness in the day of judgment. So, if you have taken the love of God, which is the cross of Jesus Christ, and you apply that, His obedience on your behalf, and placing yourself in the point of righteousness, because of the obedience of Christ, you know what will happen to you? You will find fear leaves you in that area. When it comes to um, God just blessing you in a certain area of your life or God answering, answering your prayer, if you've got fear there, it's because you have not become perfect in the love of God. You don't understand His obedience on your behalf in that area and that's why you fear. Now, if you are in Christ, there's no condemnation for you even if you fear this. Even if you've got fear. Don't come condemned now before God. Don't feel condemned. Go to God and say, God, explain to me the cross in this area of my life. And you will find peace. Now, you know, uh, so many times we just want to hear the message once and think because we've listened to it once, we know it all and we believe it. The fact that you've taken knowledge of something doesn't mean you believe it and doesn't mean you know it. It doesn't mean it's part of your life and part of your uh, belief system. There's something in repetition. There's something in meditation. You need to repeat this and meditate upon it. It works that way in the world. You do it all the time anyway. You can just change the source. You can take uh, the source of law and just exchange that um, or leave that for the message of God's grace. It's the same effort. The same effort it takes to renew your mind to fear by watching the news and I'm not against watching the news and being informed. The same effort it takes, it takes to renew your mind. Just go to the computer, 
click on this website, watch a message, listen to, a, to an audio message, download them, put them in your MP3 player, in your car, and listen to the message of God's grace. Hallelujah. The same effort. And as you do that, as easy as what it is to fear, that's how easy it is to have uh, freedom from fear. It's easier because the obedience of Jesus Christ is a billion times bigger than the disobedience of Adam. So the obedience of Jesus is so much more powerful than the disobedience of Adam. Now by the disobedience of Adam, we were easily dumped into unrighteousness. But by the obedience of Christ, the moment I believe that, I am so dumped into righteousness, I am more righteous now than what, than what I was unrighteous when I was under uh, the law and not saved. That's the message of God's love for you. Now, um, we're going to read First John chapter 3 and then we're going to go to Galatians chapter 4 verse 7 and we're going to end off there. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew Him not. Now the world here speaks not just of the world at large, but it speaks of the Jewish world or um, the, that whole Jewish law system, that world that ruled there. The law people does not know the grace people because they don't know the God of grace. If you don't know God as a God of grace, if you can't understand and believe that God is a God of grace, you will not understand and believe grace people. So if you think, maybe you just... Um, by the grace of God, have clicked on this button, hear this right now. If you don't understand grace people, it's because you don't understand God as a God of grace. The moment you can see God as a God of grace, you will understand people that believe grace. You'll understand the church, you'll understand the terminology of people that speak grace, that will say, oh, the grace of God, oh, the mercy of God. You understand why they're so fond of the grace of God. You understand why that's everything to them and they don't want to hear anything else. You understand why they're so radical about that and why they cannot stop to talk about it. Because you see God as a God of grace. Now, Paul wrote this actually as, um, uh, how can I say, just encouraging, as encouragement to people because they say the, the world reject us. Yeah, but they don't know God as a God of grace and you're born of Him. That's why. That's why they will reject you. And don't be worried about that because there are grace people that love you. And they'll be fond of you. And, oh, thank God that this website's coming up. That's why we will have the cell groups as well. We will just find a nice word for it because I want to call it cell groups. But it's like cell groups. Chat rooms where you can chat about the grace of God with grace people. In a safe environment. So in other words, you will be in a place where you can, the members of the church will be the only people who will have access to those chat rooms on the website where you can chat to other grace people. It's not going to try and attack you and bite your head off because you say God's a God of grace. And it will be a place where you will feel that stability and that love and that comfort that flows out of people that's got a grace-based mentality, a grace-based faith. Hallelujah. Man, it, it is so exciting. Amen. Hallelujah. So, it says here, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we might be called the sons of God. Now, the problem is, with people today, is that we don't understand what it means to be a son of God. Now, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. 
of Galatians chapter 4 and we're going to read from verse let's read from verse 1 now I say that the heir as long as what is a child differs nothing from the servant though he be the Lord of all now that's very simple if somebody is an heir if he is a child he is just the same as a servant he just works for the father although he is the Lord of all he is just nothing he's just like a servant because he is a child. Now let's go on, verse 2. But is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were under bondage under the elements of the world. Now that word elements is the word law. It speaks of the Ten Commandments and the laws of Moses. Hallelujah. Now, what he says here, he says, if you are a child, you are under the law. Until a, point, a time appointed of the Father when He places you as a son, and then you're not like a servant anymore, but you're a ruler in the house, and everything that belongs to the Father belongs to you. Now let's take them to the New Testament. If you are a child, you are still full of a law mentality, do's and don'ts in order to be blessed of God. But the moment you become a son, is the moment you enter into the message of God's grace, and you are freed from the message of the law. You know, the other day I heard somebody say that the Ten Commandments is not fulfilled. You still need to obey the Ten Commandments in order to be righteous before God. Belittling people that preach the grace of God. I cannot believe it. It was mind-blowing. Listen, as long as what you are under the law, you are a babe and you are not skilled in the word of righteousness. But the moment you are skilled in the word of righteousness, you're not a babe or a child anymore, but you are a son. Now, you are only placed as a son by the grace of God and not the law. Now, the Bible says, look at the love of the Father that we might be called the sons of God. Isn't that awesome? You can be called a son, somebody that has already attained to the level that he needs to be because he was already under the tutors and the laws and the moment you're under the tutors and the laws and governed by that and then obeyed and the father can see you can obey these laws then you are placed as a son. So we are placed as sons because Jesus obeyed the law and we are not servants in the kingdom of God anymore. But we are sons. Hallelujah. Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ, but he is a servant of you. He serves you. Hallelujah. So, I am your servant today. I'm serving you with this message of grace. But I'm a son of God. I'm not a servant of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that servant in the sense of obeying laws in order to qualify to be blessed of God? No, I am an heir of the Father. Let's read it again. Now I say that an heir, as long as what he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he is Lord of all. Even if you are an heir, even if you are somebody that has inherited, you got saved, but all of a sudden you get under the laws, you will have a servant mentality and you will feel used every day. Because that's what you do with servants. You use them for yourself. And then if they do what you say, you pay them, otherwise they receive no payment. Verse 2, but it's under tutors and governors or laws until the time point of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were under bondage under the laws or elements of this world. But when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. That law that we were under, 
Jesus was made under that law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Hallelujah! The son is not under the law anymore at, uh, in the father's house. He makes the laws now. He's not under the law. I'm not under the law anymore. Why? Because He gave His Son, His Son came under the law, His Son obeyed the law, so that we might be made the righteousness of God by what His Son has done on our behalf, and then be adopted as sons, or placed as rulers, not under the law to qualify to become a ruler or to inherit anything. Now, I've inherited the righteousness of God. You've inherited the righteousness of God. You have inherited with Jesus all the financial prosperity of God. And you're not a servant to get that. The older brother, if you look at the parable of uh, the prodigal son, the older brother was a son, he inherited, but he was still under the governors and the laws in his mind because he couldn't get into the grace of the Father. He, he didn't understand his father as a father of grace. And he worked for his father to get one goat to make merry with his friends. And he worked for a goat that belonged to him. He could have slaughtered 20 if he wanted to. He could give away, sell, do whatever. Because it, it, he owns it. He received it. Now behold the love of God, that we could become sons. But the problem that we've got these days is we, we get a gospel that's preached that says, Behold the love of God, that you can become children, and serve God and His laws and rules. And then, if you're a good child, you know, then God might bless you, you know, and give you a lollipop, and then you can smile. Now that's not the gospel. That's a mockery of the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the Lamb. Thank you that we are justified by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that I can stand just before God and present you holy before God as a person that can stand fearless before the judgment seat of God. Because you've been justified by a God that says, I will not impute your trespasses unto you, but I make you righteous with my righteousness I give you my deeds. I give you my righteousness. I give you my mind. And I, man, I've got the same chance to be thrown out of heaven if I should die today than what Jesus has. Now, there's no chance. I have, and you, that believe in the message of God's grace and the goodness of God and the cross of Jesus, as I've preached it now for this hour, you've got the same chance to stand disqualified before God or to be disqualified before God as what Jesus has. There is zippo, zero, no chance. You've been made the righteousness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Man, isn't this awesome? Let me just read this um, verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So if you've got the Holy Spirit, if you can call God Father, it's because you're a son. And don't be tricked into the mentality of a child. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child, I did the things like a child. But now I'm a full grown man. I am not like a child anymore. Now, when we were under the law, we acted like the law. You know how the law acts? So self-righteous, so judgmental. Yeah, you've done this wrong and you must be punished. That's childish. 
If somebody comes and says, you've done this wrong, and you've done that wrong, therefore you must be punished, he is childish. He's not mature. But if somebody comes, and you've done something wrong, and he says, listen, let me minister to you the grace of God that can influence you to a better life. Let me tell you about the mercy of God and His forgiveness. That's a mature man. Hallelujah. Amen. Make sure that the leader that's over you is mature and not a child so that you, he can help you and teach you into the message of sonship and that you are mature in Jesus Christ. Mature, knowing the unconditional love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let, let me just pray for you that you will just have a renewed mind in these things and as you meditate upon this you will just find such a peace in your heart and such a revelation of this message of grace. Father, I pray for every person that watches me right now over the web. I thank you that you love them. I thank you that you bless them. I thank you that you care for them. I speak over them an enlightened mind and the grace of God. Oh, hallelujah. I set you free in Jesus' name. You know, if you've got any sickness in your body, I just want to tell you there is healing for you in Jesus Christ. There's an absolute miracle inside your body already ready to be manifest as you believe that it is free from your works. Even if you've sinned, you can be healed today. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? The Bible says in James, let the sick man lay hands on him, anoint him with oil, he will be healed and if he committed any sin, he will even be forgiven. So I'm going to pray for the sick right now. Now, I believe God is bringing healing to you. He's bringing righteousness to you. He's bringing complete restoration of your body. Amen. Father, I stretch forth my hands right now towards all the viewers all over the world. And I just say, be now healed from every sickness that there can, can ever be. You are healed because you are delivered from the curse right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want you just to experience the peace of God as it flows through your body. Just see the fiery flames of God coming to the place where you've got sickness and see how it consumes that sickness and you are healed. And you know, don't just sit there and hope something happens. Meditate upon the goodness of God and receive it by faith. You will see that you are healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much that you've tuned into this. Thank you that you've just watched this. I want to ask you if, you, if you are blessed by this, we would love to hear from you. As you know, this is still new. We are just, we've just started with this. I think this is the third message that will be archived. I think we've made five messages, but this will be the third one that's archived. We're still new in this. Send, uh, send us just an email to tell us what this has meant to you. If there's anything that you struggle with, you could not hear, the sound was not right, or the uh, there was something wrong that you really struggled with, write to us that we can tell you what to do so that you will not struggle like that anymore. Thank you. God bless you and know that you can base your life on the unconditional love of God towards you, which is Jesus Christ placing you as a son.